2: The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of The Season with Peter Schrager. If I sound like I'm in an NPR booth uh, where I'm like, Doing the Alec Baldwin, sweaty balls voice. It's because I'm not at the Super Bowl. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I'm in my home office. Got to say, not upset about it. Fine. Doing this in controlled setting. And there was a decision made that the, the season with Peter Schrager and Good Morning Football would not be sent to Vegas this year. I was upset. We're okay with it. We've had two really good shows of Good Morning Football the last couple of days. Uh, and I'm excited that we have a podcast still today. I am joined though by Mister Las Vegas. I would say it goes in the order of this: Sinatra, um, Sammy Davis Jr., and you know, in recent years, maybe Doyle Brunson and Carrot Top, and then somewhere in that like list between like five and ten is Aaron Wong Kaufman. So if you're trying to wrap your head around this, yes. The producer of the podcast, Aaron, is in Vegas doing podcasts for, I guess, other people. Aaron, you're going to explain it. I don't know. I feel like there's a big giant game of spin the bottle, and everyone was invited but me. I've gotten over it, and I'm fine. But like, you're in Vegas. What's it like, dude?
3: Well, I mean, gosh, I'm honored to just be on a list with Carrot Top. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much of the man's work, but um, yeah. Oh, just dude, just to be considered, I was not. I'm,
2: I'm being earnest when I say this. I like Carrot Top. Have you <laughs> seen? Have you seen his act? And like, he does. He's done interviews recently with Bill Maher and maybe Mark Marin, And like, he's pretty self aware, and he's also making, I think, twenty million dollars a year from the Luxor, or whatever the hell he is. So I'm good. not hating on Carrot Top. But I think no, he's a Vegas fixture. Good
3: for him. I also like the last I remember was all the news that he got like. He started working out real hard, and he oh, got jacked. jacked. Yeah, it's huge. Jacked. Florida um, guy,
2: I want to say, from, from oh, the state of Florida. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, no, we have uh, uh, an iHeart live stage here, and so I'm part of the crew that's recording some shows uh, and setting up mics and taking down mics. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it, I, Vegas is not a, a place that I go on Love. make me feel better cuz i'm i'm
2: i'm bummed i said i don't care i'm upset but like it's crazy that you know or that i'm looking at you and you've got the vegas skyline behind you and i'm here with my brooklyn background with some corduroy jeans on
3: i, I mean you know if i wanted to um pay 50 dollars for breakfast and have a bunch of people run into me as i'm walking around i would have just stayed in manhattan like, There you know what <laughs> you know, what's, better, you know there's um i have some have friends, you seen
2: anyone have you seen anyone cool NFL wise
3: um yeah got to I set up you know was like chatting with um DeAndre Swift, I chatted with Michael Pittman Jr for a little bit yesterday. Um Rashad White, um and uh you know it's, it's cool to like meet some players and and chat with them. Yeah, 2 years ago when the Super Bowl was in LA, uh I got to very briefly talk to Josh Allen which was really cool. That's awesome. Um yeah, it was like it was like the some rotating thing of like Josh Allen Dak and Herbert, I think. Of okay. course, Josh was the one I was most excited about. I yeah. uh, saw Deion Dawkins like from afar earlier. It, yes. Yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday That's I saw cool. him. The snowman. Um, and uh yeah, my dad was texting me. He's like, Yeah, see if you can see Josh Allen. I was like, I don't know if he's coming this I'll year. I'll
2: try dad. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually, heard I'll, I'll I actually, we're, we're recording this Thursday morning. I heard from a friend uh that he is going to be there Thursday doing radio oh, row. So you, okay. you will Maybe. see him in a few hours. Be sure to get that selfie. Uh I've been watching from afar. It's kind of crazy. It's like there's. It's like I'm like holding a snow globe, watching it because I am watching all the coverage. It's been good on you know, ESPNs. Uh, went all out. They they've got some good stuff going on. And I saw McAfee was there. I don't have a winner though. The first few days of this thing, media wise, like nothing has broken through. I thought uh, a couple good interviews were done with Steve Young, ironically, who's no oh. longer with ESPN. But I saw Kevin Clark did a really good Steve Young interview with him. And I think Chris Sims and Florio had on uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end from yeah. Georgia, which is such a random guest. But like, I like seeing these kids before they're put into the NFL machine. And I thought that was an interesting interview. But it's the typical, you know, an NFL car wash deal where there's 10 things to do and you're going to see DeAndre Swift promote whatever detergent or, you know... Uh, Cause or whatever it is with Jim Rome, and then he'll go on to local radio, then he'll do something with Ross Tucker and they'll go through the list. And um, that's radio row. I, I think the 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 interesting part for me always was in the hotel lobbies and in the hallways, and then come of the some of the events. And you know, that's 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 a shame that I'm not gonna be able to do that this year, but I would like to think. Uh, that everything stays copacetic and we can get to kickoff and there's no negative surly headlines. That's my hope. Vegas scares me. Uh, not that I would get in trouble or that anyone that that we deal with would get in trouble, but like when you put all of those people there, it does feel like there's a potential for something. And you know, thank God, knock on wood, we're doing this on Thursday. There was a story of a guy who tried to climb the sphere. That's yeah. that's that's the uh, that's the extent of the troublemakers I've seen.
3: Yeah, that's that's the only thing I've heard about. I mean, like traffic is really bad. It's like you can't get How out have of you a been hotel. Doing, you can't
2: walk because it's so far. So you take an Uber. What do you do?
3: Yeah, we last night some uh, some coworkers from my heart and I went to dinner. Um, and Where'd you go? We went Lotus to Lotus of
2: what's that place called? That fancy. There's oh, a, I don't know what that. There's like a, there's an incredible either uh, a Thai or Chinese place. Lotus of some, Lotus of Siam, maybe. It's like I like have to look like, this up. Look it up. Google that. It's supposed to be like the greatest restaurant in the world. Lotus Inton of Vegas. Siam. Yeah.
3: yeah Flamingo Road. I assume you did not go place. there. No, we went to a place called Fine Company, which um, I had s- seen some good stuff online. It's outside of the Strip, which was nice. So we got like yeah. into a quieter part of town. Very good meal. Um, they were super uh, uh, amenable to like me calling and being like, hey, we're sitting in traffic. We'll be 15 minutes late. Yeah, hey, we're, we're going to really, be what, 20 40? minutes late. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like th- you know 30 minutes of, like sitting, doing nothing in the car. Yeah. Um, West but Coast yeah.
2: Super Bowl. Um, I imagine Niners fans will have an easier trip to get there. Have you noticed even like that that kind of thing where like there's more Niners or Chiefs
3: fans like in the city the week of? So from what I've seen walking around by Radio Row, a lot of Niners fans. Th- this morning at breakfast, couple, you know, like dads and their kids, like some families all in Niners gear. Have been, seen some big groups of KC fans, but they're like, it's a group of them. And there's lots of like just one-off Niners fans or two people um, have seen some surprising amount of Raiders jerseys and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's Vegas. So I mean, yeah, but they're there, it's the um, hometown team. Yeah, but so far it seems like more Forty ers fans.
2: Um, Before we get to our guest, I said a little piece on this on Good Morning Football Thursday morning, and I want to share it with the listeners because I think it's both eerie and also beautiful in a lot of ways. Uh, I was no joke. I was going through—I'm this. I'm so pathetic sometimes—but I was going through some uh, some old football trading cards that I have. I'm not kidding, and, and going through them with my son. And a Derek Thomas card, like an old Upper Deck 1991 Derek Thomas card, came up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm explaining who Derek Thomas was, and I'm saying this was—you know—it was Lawrence Taylor in the '80s, and then it was going to be. Derek thomas in the 90s he wore number 58 he was a top five pick of the chiefs he was a stud at alabama and he hit the league like an absolute tornado he had 20 sacks in his second season in the league in 1990 when back then it was a lot more run game in the trenches it was much harder to compile sacks Back then, and you know, Gastineau had the record, but Derek Thomas came really close. He would go on to be a multi time All Pro, a first ballot Hall of Famer, the whole deal. Derek Thomas tragically passed away on February 8th, 2000, which, as we're recording this, is 24 years to the day. Wow. Now, here's the eerie part. Looking at this card, and I'm like, oh my God, it's been 24 years since we lost Derek Thomas. I remember exactly where I was. I was in college. I remember it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I love the guy. Derek Thomas for number 58. Aaron, what Super Bowl is this?
3: 58.
2: 58 for 58. And I said this on air today on Good Morning Football, and I said it probably a couple hours ago, and got like a thousand favorites or retweets, whatever, early on. I just checked my phone. It's got like a hundred K like the chiefs fans are rallying around this thing. And I said on the show, the tragedy is the death, obviously of one of the greatest players of all time. But the second layer of it is he was such a chief, Mr. Chief, all those years with the chiefs. I think he played 13 years with Kansas city. The shame of it is that he didn't even get to see this era of dominance. So he was on all those Martin D Schottenheimer teams in the nineties when Lynn Elliott's missing field goals or when they're making a, a run and then the Broncos would come in with Elway and somehow beat them in a big spot. Like they did not win playoff games back then. They didn't. They simply didn't. Nick Lowry was the kicker. I, I want to say, uh, you know, Marino got him one time and just year after year after year with Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and Duran Cherry and Albert Lewis and those great, great chiefs teams. They always fell short and they almost got this reputation of like, a team that couldn't win the big one. Then you go into the most recent era before this one, and it was Alex Smith, and it was here, we got this home playoff game, and we somehow lose to the Titans, somehow lose to the Steelers, somehow lose to the Patriots, and it was year after year after year of, gosh, we're so good in the regular season, we just can't win the big one. And now, as we look towards the Super Bowl, this is not only the greatest team in the sport it's the greatest team of their generation and they're about to win their third Super Bowl if they put this this game to bed and it's you know three Super Bowl wins in five years it's four Super Bowl appearances in five years Mahomes would improve to 15 and three in the postseason and I did a I did a whole thing on good morning football today I was like gosh like it's it's such a shame that like Derek Thomas couldn't be a part of this and couldn't see this and couldn't be honored and couldn't be fifty eight for fifty eight. I get choked up on it. I know I'm a football historian and I love this stuff, but it almost seemed eerie with the way that those things aligned. And uh I've got a good friend Connor who's a diehard Chiefs fan and we were texting about Derek Thomas last night and he's like, Hell, I'm wearing he's going to the Super Bowl. He's like, I'm wearing the fifty eight. I'm wearing Derek Thomas. And I wouldn't be shocked if Sunday, if a lot of Chiefs fans in attendance are rocking that fifty eight.
3: He seems like just from you telling the story, the kind of guy who they'd bring him out as the honorary captain. Oh he'd be he'd be on field, you know, like they'd parade him out uh, in a good way, like uh, not not in a in a you know uh, a negative way whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it, would
2: say this: there is a story to be told. I feel like we've told every story in the NFL. We've done every documentary. There's a ten part series coming out. On Apple about the Patriots, we've had uh, the, you know the Jerry Jones pieces being done by the guys at Skydance. Like there's all these different documentaries that we have already. The 1989 NFL draft was Aikman at one. Okay, Tony Mandarich, the incredible bulk is what his nickname was, was two. The third pick in that draft was Barry Sanders going to the Detroit Lions. Derek Thomas went number four. And Deion Sanders went number five. If you want to talk about a book to be written or another documentary that hasn't been done, give me the 1989 draft and the stories of what Aikman became, what Tony Mandrich became, eventually having a cover of Sports Illustrated titled The Incredible Bust. Barry Sanders retiring early, what could have been the greatest running back to ever played in the game. Derek Thomas, who tragically passes away at the age of 33. And then Deion Sanders, who was arguably the greatest defensive back of all time and maybe the biggest pop culture icon of his era. Um, guys, we can do all this from Brooklyn. I can do it all. We can still talk about the Super Bowl. It's it's happening. And another guy who uh, has a connection to this game is going to be our guest. I'm so excited to have him because we've been friendly for several years and we have beat around the bush about whether we're going to do this pod or not and when we're going to do it and we're going to get to his connection to not only the 49ers but also to the miami dolphins and to denver broncos um the comedian and incredible incredible podcaster and personality mr dan soder joins us after this
1: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade. The ones with the little umbrella refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
2: For my money, he's the best stand-up comedian alive. I love watching <laughs> his <laughs> specials. I love him on podcasts. I think he's the best podcast guest. Also, I
5: don't even agree with that. And now he's
2: got his own. Now he's got his own podcast himself called Soder, just one name, just Soder. Um, He is hilarious. You know him from his stand-up, from billions, and from just about every social media or comedian podcast there is. Dan Soder, welcome to the season with Peter Schrager, Super Bowl edition.
5: Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. Thanks for we finally made this work.
2: I know. uh, You've got a Niners hat on. Now this is, we're going to go down memory lane with you. The reason I wanted Mm -hmm. you on this week is that I think as far as like, Fans of the 49ers that I know, I don't know if there's anyone more hardcore that I follow from afar or that I know in my own personal life that I personally know than you with your Niners. Uh, But you're from Colorado. So where did the Niners deal
5: come from? Um, Well, I think think the best way to phrase my Niner fandom is that I'm not the most hardcore 49ers fan. I think there's a lot of people in comedy maybe Okay. May- Al Madrigal. Al Madrigal yep. would be the only person that I would put above me as far as, because he's a, he's a generational season ticket holder. He's he's the man. He got me uh, involved with the Niners when we did this, like, sketch thing in 2014. He absolutely is the most hardcore 49ers fan. I okay, would say...
2: And It's funny. I used to host, I used to emcee this event, the state of the franchise for the 49ers, before they were, like, at this level. This was, like, five years ago when John yeah. and Kyle just got there. And Al would do comedy every year. And, like, Al is the most, plug, like, Al is huge, and if you don't know him, all things comedy, him and Bill Burr, they launched this whole thing, and, like, Al's yeah. an amazing stand-up. Al's, am-
5: Al's amazing. Yeah. Al's one of the, my favorite human beings. Um, I would say I am the most emotionally triggered 49ers fan in comedy. I would say I'm the one that wears his heart on the sleeve the most uh, in comedy, as far as 49ers fans go. Um, Yeah, I... I grew up in Colorado, but I was born, I was born in Connecticut. My parents, uh, are both from California. My mom grew up in Fresno. My dad is from the Bay and okay. my dad is a huge, my dad was a huge 49ers fan. It wasn't God. even like a question of who I was going to like when I was born. I was put into a 49er onesie. I was born in 1983, right at the beginning of the dynasty. Yep. You know, they had only won in 81. So I, I only missed one. Um, I was one years old when they beat a rookie Dan Marino. And uh, in 1984, and I just grew up. I grew up sports wealthy. That's what I like to say. I grew up I very this. NFL wealthy. When you grow up a 49ers fan in the 80s and 90s, y- you want for nothing except more rings. The question was always, who are we going to play in the Super Bowl, and who might stop us in the NFC Championship game? That was always yeah. the question. Because that's was the built- way
2: that's the way DeBartolo kind of ran the team, like. If you're not if you're not familiar, like in the '80s and '90s, like teams would still take commercial flights. Yet Eddie DeBartolo would have a private jet. They would take the players to Hawaii after the season, all expenses paid. It was like Northern California. I think about it from like being a Giants fan. i like Parcells and Belichick, and like oh, this yeah. gritty team with LT. And then here are the Niners with their beautiful sun setting mm. over Candlestick, just ten and zero beating the beating the the LA Rams. You know, out of Anaheim, yeah. and the terrible. The, Cardinals teams and all that stuff. Oh, like, no, no, no.
5: We played, you got to remember the old okay, NFC. Cardinals were the
2: NFC East. You're right. So let's go through it. NFC West was Rams, Saints, and Falcons. Is that what yes. it was?
5: Yes. And then later on, Carolina Panthers. When when they, yes, when the they,
2: Panthers when, were at. When they
5: got brought in, we basically were the NFC South. So bizarre now. Us, thinking about with that. Austin, the Rams. That's what it was. um But my dad, my dad made me a Niners fan and it just was like everything. It was like, uh and we moved to Colorado. And then I I go to school and all these people are like, no, the Broncos. And you're like, 49ers, dude, always (laughs) 49ers. So I, and it became kind of like a part of my personality where I was like, no, no, no. If I like what I like, it's how I can defend loving professional wrestling. Yeah. How I defended loving stand-up comedy. Action figures. Action figures. Because I'm telling you right now, stand-up comedy now is like seen as being acceptable on a, on a, like basically generic way. Totally. Back in the day, people were like, what? You like yeah. nightclub when you
2: tell someone you're a stand-up comedian, I think they would probably think you're a leper.
5: Yeah, exactly. But when I was little, when I was like young, when I was like 11 and 12, I was like super into stand-up. And people were like, that's weird. Like, you should be into like, you who know. Who
2: your guys? Like the amazing Jonathan? Like, who were you watching uh,
5: as a kid? And when I was a kid, I was really into Dana Carvey's yeah. uh, 1995 Special Critics Choice. My dad also did this thing where like, People from the Bay are very proud about who else is also from the Bay. Yeah, like, so Dana. You know, Carvey, I mean, this is yeah. this is what everybody does.
2: Robin yeah. Williams, Dana Carvey, exactly. Uh, Rock, who else was in San
5: Francisco scenes? Uh, well, you also had Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey. I mean, not okay. Kevin Spacey. Uh, that's Kevin Nealon. Kevin Pollock. <laughs> Kevin. Paul. Kevin Pollock, but it was like anybody from the Bay. My dad would be like, "Oh, he's from the Bay. Oh, he's he's from Marin." Like he knew where everyone was from. Yeah. But uh, but I loved. I love Robin Williams and Dana Carvey were were very special Be and Rodney Dangerfield. And of course, Eddie Murphy. And then later on, uh, Chappelle, that Chappelle was my yeah. guy. Chappelle was really? like, yeah. Chappelle was like, um, do you remember how older you were? You were when you found your band, like not yeah. a band that was like, like, I remember the first time I saw Chappelle, I was like, oh, this is just my favorite comedian. This is just that's my, guy. my guy.
2: Like, and I think for bands knowing you. Queens of the Stone Age is probably like your band, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. You in the shirt, now. yeah. Like, you got your for you're, me. It's it's kind of a pop. You might roll your eyes, but like, I love the Killers.
5: Dude, I think the Killers coming are out of Vegas. I, coming out of I, Vegas, I, I, just I've seen think. them
2: fifty times. I know they're Mormon guys out of Vegas, and they've and they've been around. And we know Mr. Brightside, but like, I have seen I have seen the Killers fifty times in person.
5: Absolutely love them, and I don't care unabashedly. That's my band. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about like repping what you love and, and, and standing 10 toes down for it. You become like a bigger fan of it. It's why I love wrestling as much as I do. It's why I love comedy as much as I do. It's why I love the Niners as much as I do, because there's this feeling of like, no, I live and die with this. So when it does go well, it means the world. And when it does go bad, it means I'm in hell last Last time, last year at this point, there's zero chance I would have jumped on a podcast with you because I was miserable. I was miserable. I was miserable. Rock Brady's elbow was busted. The Niners had lost to the, to the Eagles in the NFC championship game. All hope was lost. I was just a, I was a puddle of tears.
2: Yeah. Inconsolable. Um, all right. So early nineties is when you really pick it up and that's the Ricky waters, Steve young. Uh, I mean, you early
5: eighties was really like, that was the magical time, Montana, rice, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman. You had like, you know, my favorite player of all time, Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lopp, you know, uh, but then on the defense, you had guys like Bill Romanowski, Dana Stubblefield, oh. Bryant Young. So and then good. it just I was went- with
2: Bryant Young on Friday. I did an event where I emceed this thing for the senior bowl. And can I tell you how cool this was. At this event, I'm, I'm seeing it. There were 16 different NFL legends, Hall of Famers, and in a little circle, I was in a conversation with Bryant Young, Patrick Willis, the man who was the such man. a humble, who better like, quiet. Better like, get into
5: the Hall of Fame this year. He better he get will. into the Hall I'm of Fame.
2: 100 convinced he will. From ba- talking to all the voters, uh, you know, as we're recording this, they're going to unveil it tonight. And I haven't gotten any tips, but like I've been posting on social media about it. Like it's taking on yeah. a life of its own. Like. He was the best of his generation.
5: And I mean, him and Navarro Bowman were like. Together. To great. Me, Friday,
2: those two and Luke Keekley, best linebackers of their generation. I yeah, said. Yeah,
5: Luke Keekley was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. So, was good. Unbelievable. so, they're, so good. yeah, man. Um, Young, and then the man. third
2: guy was T.O., who obviously you've heard horror stories of like T.O. is a demon. Like, T.O. was amazing in this, in this event that I was at for the Senior Bowl. And yeah. I'm talking to Ryan Young. 1993, Notre Dame, like this high, like like you know, proceed comes in, just an amazing NFL career, maybe the most underrated defensive lineman of his time.
5: It was incredible. What I loved about Bryant Young is we had Bryant Young and then we had Junior Bryant. We yeah. had like yeah. two guys with Bryant, both a D tackle. So I good. loved Bryant Young. And I mean Patrick Willis, yeah, I get giddy talking about old old Niners teams, but but Patrick Willis is, I think, He's in my top five Niners of guys I loved because I think Patrick Willis just played. Let me guess
2: some of the others because I I yeah. feel like you're my age and like there's so the I'm 80s already giving the, you two two of the five. So Ronnie Lott and Patrick Willis. I'm going to say you were a huge Frank Gore
5: fan. Love Frank Gore, but not my top five. Top are ten, you, absolutely.
2: Okay, uh, I think you probably um, knowing what you're all about and all this stuff. You love Big Justin Smith, the Cowboy on the defensive line number ninety.
5: Listen. He came in and immediately changed stuff. He was when we so had, good. When we had Smith and Smith at the end in Super Bowl 47, we had Alden Smith and Justin Smith. Just absolutely terrorizing quarterbacks. Loved that D-line. That Super Bowl 47 defense to this day, you know, Vic Fangio, a D-coordinator, just calling all the shots. Ahmad Brooks. You oh my in. God! I everybody loved, on that team. I love uh, that
2: team. I so that year I was like with FoxSports.com and Fox Sports One, and they were like, "You're going to follow a team through the playoffs. We're going to give you the nighters." So I was there every step of the way. And well, yeah, you saw had, you
5: saw the other great NFC Championship comeback oh when we were down 17 to the Falcons. Come on, unbelievable! Atlanta. I was in
2: the building. It was unbelievable. And, and, and then that made. was
5: when no one could stop Colin Kaepernick. That was no. like.
2: That Paul, game against the Packers, I was at that one in the playoffs. where It was in Candlestick, and Kaepernick you know, ran for I think 190 yards on Vic Fan, on uh, Dom Capers' defense, just up and down the field on a Saturday night. It was unbelievable. He
5: had like 268 total. He had something like insane. He, he had a crazy. I think like rushing yards. He had over. I think 200.
2: he single handedly put Dom Capers, who's considered one of the greatest defensive minds, like he put him out the pasture. Like that was it. That's like crazy. You can't coach anymore after this, Yeah. That's what Kaepernick did to him. Yeah. Um, man. I, all right. I'm trying to think of the other the the final three. Give them to me.
5: One of them is very easy, uh, who I named my golden retriever at, uh, after when I was 10 years old. Montana, Joe Montana. Okay,
2: fair. I go right. crazy
5: for Joe Montana. And then Jerry Rice, obviously. Yeah. Yep. And then randomly, but I let love Let me guess.
2: Him. Let me guess. Let me guess. Brent Jones.
5: Close. <laughs> okay, so we're in that position. Brent episode. Jones is close. Randy Cross. I, Dude, I'm like, I'll give you, can I give you his college? Even yeah. I, I hate the college because I grew up yeah. in Colorado, a Buffs fan. He went to Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska. A Nebraska 49er. Around that time. He was a little, I think a little before Brent Jones. Okay. He might've w- crossed over a season Offense or, two. or defense? Offense. Not William Barnum Floyd. He was Florida State. Yeah. Would just, he would always have turf in his, in his face mask. Far down the middle, number 44, Tommy Rathman. Oh, hell yeah. The fullback. Come on. The best. Tom Rathman was the man. Beast. Beast. I met, uh, so when growing up in Colorado and obviously growing up with, uh, Mike McDaniel is my middle school best friend. Uh, we're going to get into this in a second. I love this. Go on. His stepdad, Gary, worked for the Broncos and they... No matter how much geek free gear they threw at me, they knew they could never change the fact that yeah. I was a Forty Nine er fan.
2: Here's an Ed McCaffrey jersey. Get it out of my face. Oh, I love,
5: dude. I still got a box of Edios somewhere in my house. Right? I didn't. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't hate the Broncos. It was like I would box. cheer for the Broncos, AMC. but it was like different conference, I, not a threat. But I could always, I would always hit them with we, one. Score. Yeah, fifty-five to ten. There you go. I would always just go fifty-five to ten. Which was the year my parents got divorced. And my dad was a Niners fan. And my mom was like, I got to be a Broncos fan. I can't be a 49ers fan. It reminds me too much of Gary. Yep. And then just, be you know, just an absolute blowout. And then this
2: past couple years, I don't think people understand the heartbreak it's been for the Niners. So you guys are up, not to get all sad here, but you're yeah. up 10 points in the fourth quarter after the questionable offensive pass interference on Kittle at the end of the first half.
5: I don't even I, go I mean, on. Go on. Talk about I, it. I don't even want to. I don't even want to. I was there. I was in Miami um, at the Hard Rock. By the way, would you go with? Let me hear the whole deal. Well, that was because um, McDaniel so, was
2: coaching for them then. That's your best friend from childhood.
5: Yeah, he was the run game coordinator the the 2019 season. And in October of that of 2019 is when I started dating my current fiance, uh, one of the greatest human beings to ever walk the planet, talk Katie Nolan. Mutual fans. Katie Nolan, she just rules. Uh, Big admirer, love her. You might have seen her almost win Celebrity Jeopardy recently. Amazing. Very proud of her. But she, so I went to every, um, I got to go to both the Divisional and the NFC Championship game that year um, because of McDaniel. So So what was the run?
2: Who'd they they play? They beat the the Packers- Vikings the and Packers, both and... at, both at, uh, and Santa Clara. Yep.
5: Yeah. Both at Levi's. They, Moster they...
2: just scored another touchdown on the Packers for, for at, the record.
5: And I, I bet he'd be cool. I bet he'd be okay with me telling the story. So okay. I would fly in a day before the games just to hang with McDaniel. And then McDaniel would tell me what they were going to do to the teams. And then they would do it. It was first 15 plays. Here's the script. Dude, not even that trigger. I'm telling you right now, McDaniel would go like, We'd be sitting at his kitchen table and he'd be like, yeah, the Vikings got a week four technique. So we're just going to bang on them all day. Just watch them bang on them all day. And then they would do that and it'd be like, and then we'll go over the top. He would like, tell me what they're going to do. I remember specifically the NFC championship game against the Packers. McDaniel went, yeah, they spent a lot of money on those edge rushers. Well, it's going to be a real, it's going to be a real problem for them if they have to stop the run. So we're just going to give it to Mostert. And Eight they did
2: pass attempts for Garoppolo that game.
5: I'm telling you, he... Hold it. He, and what he told me and my friend Chad, who go to every game, is he said, death by a thousand cuts. Oh, That's what he I'm said. i through a wall here. McDaniel goes, I'm going to give him death by a thousand cuts. And he did. Mostert went for like two. I think he went for like
2: two sixty-five th- touchdowns. Something crazy. Yeah,
5: dude, it was not One of my favorite moments I've ever seen as a human and as a sports fan was, uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. As a fan of the 49ers, when they won the NFC Championship game, McDaniel's uh, wife, Katie McDaniel, got chad and i and she said listen there's a chance i'm gonna be able to get you guys on the field and we're and i'm like for the niners when an nfc championship came yeah I, what at all?" so so we get down there so we like we walk through because you know it's like katie's leading the pack and it's we're yeah. there with it, uh, his his mom with mcdaniel's mom and his his um his in-laws and so we get on the field or whatever and i got to watch mcdaniel and mostert have this like in-depth conversation that looked so important while I was watching it. And um, it was just one of the coolest moments I've ever seen in my life. That's and I was so like, cool. And you know I him, story.
2: He was yeah. on like 10 teams before he just hung with and, them. And of course, but what's the uh, let me hear the finish to it? So what was oh, the conversation?
5: Just, I just asked McDaniel, I said, like what'd you say to him? He said, I just told him, you know, you deserve everything you get and that you worked your ass off to get here and that this is all this is all you this is everything you've worked for or whatever. And it was just a great moment. It was just so a moment cool. where I was like, dude, this is so cool. But yeah, and then, um, so I was, you know, uh, Katie and I had just started dating and she was still at ESPN and she was covering the Pro Bowl and then she had to go down to to Miami for the Super Bowl. And she said like, hey, there's a chance I can get you a ticket to this game. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go down there immediately. And she did. You know, the Super Bowl parties, there's always like. Yeah. A weird party. I don't know what you guys do at your Illuminati parties, yeah, but there's so something with Illumina-
2: NFL Illuminati
5: for sure, where they where they hand you tickets. So she immediately texts me. She's like, "I got his tickets," and I got a, I got a flight down there. And what we didn't know was the tickets were in the Chiefs section. So oh, I, man. me, and three other 49ers fans were the only fans in this entire block of the Hard yeah. Rock Stadium in Miami, which now, every time I go to yeah. I point exactly where my seat was and I go like, I was right there when the Niners lost. I was yeah. sitting right there and when we sat there and watched and when we were, when I think Fred Warner might have given Patrick Mahomes his first interception of the postseason. Yeah, you probably have to look that up, but Fred Warner in that Super Bowl picked off Patrick Mahomes for the first time in his career in the postseason. It, it was and
2: it. It gave, and it it was in the red zone, and it was a Niners up 10
5: with 11 minutes left to go. Well, guess who stood up and yelled, how the, do you like that? Let's go 49ers. (laughs) I mean, I was like, I had my red Niners sweatshirt on. I was like, what? Fred Warner. Yeah. Yeah, That's all Fred Warner. And then, um, and then they came back and I'm going to tell you right now, when a, when a team comes back and you're in their section, you sure as hell feel that you feel the best way I could say it is it felt like I was being swallowed in quicksand. Like they just kept like the right, ru- there was one guy, there was one kid that yeah. just had these, um, in that Tyreek Hill jersey, he had seltzers. He was drinking hard seltzers oh, yeah, and he, he was, was running a- up and down the stair. And I was like watching him go from being completely quiet to being very loud and aggressive. And I was like, I was just getting mad and I always will give Katie credit for this when the 49ers turned the ball over and we knew the Chiefs were going to run out the clock, which they were. They are running out the clock. Frank Clark kinda, gets,
2: Frank Clark says that Garoppolo just kind of coughs a ball and it's, yeah, yeah. fourth down. Yeah. And
5: then they do the, uh, they get a junk touchdown. They got yep. one like kind of. Kelsey ris- scores and then Damian Williams puts the game away. Yeah, that was that. When they put the game away, we we were going to the after party and we were I don't
2: think everyone listening at home knows. There is a after party regardless if you win or lose
5: at the Super Bowl. So at the Super Bowl, the owners have to pay for the party before the game. No matter so, what, entertainment, so there's, a, there's a rapper, it's everything. Well, they're just, they we'll hold on to that because this is, <laughs> like, this Katie's, was wild. So Katie, you know, she's a Pats fan. She's diehard Pats. She's in a, like a jeans and a leather jacket. She's just chilling. And I'm like Ninered out. out Ed, bang, bang, niner gang. Always, always rapping, And she just like, I've always said, like a point man in a war zone. She just like leans over to me and she goes, we're going to want to leave. They're going to fire the cannons and the confetti's going to come down. Yep. You don't want to be here for that.
2: You're going to say something or
5: see something you don't need to have in your life memories. Exactly. And she was like, it really was that thing. Where I was like, look at me, look at me. We're getting out of here. And, and so at that s- moment I knew she was the one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I knew before that, but I was like, what a, what an absolute queen. What my soldier queen. And so she got me out of there. And then you have to take a bus, so we go to the buses or whatever. You first, get a wristband. You got a wristband. We get on the bus, and we're sitting behind Matt Lafleur because at the His time, brother Mike is the Mike, passing game
2: coordinator. Sure. Exactly,
5: Mike Lafleur uh, was the passing game coordinator at the time, so we're sitting behind the Lafleurs. And he I just, just gotten got, the job at Green Bay. His wife I, Marie, is sitting with him. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I they lost. They had lost, I think he was the head coach when they, uh, that season.
2: Okay. All right. They lost
5: because he had just lost the NFC championship game to the Niners the week before because it it was LeFleur versus LeFleur. It was Mike versus Matt in the NFC championship game the week before or two weeks before. So we're sitting on the bus and I keep telling Katie, I'm such an NFL fan that I'm like, dude, we're sitting behind the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And she's like, I know, you know, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go to American Airlines Arena, where the party is. Think about this. They rent out the Miami Heat Arena. It's crazy. Dude, this was Schrager. This was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. To this day, is one of the funniest things in a sad way, not yeah, yeah, in a yeah. happy way. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's depressed. The 49ers get there. The bus shows up. Players are there. Coaches are there. We're talking to McDaniel and Sala. That's who we're hanging out with. We're having like tacos with Sala and McDaniel. And it's like unbelievable food. I'm just like, I'm telling Mike, like, dude, I'm so proud of you. You yeah. took my favorite team to the Super Bowl. I can't believe this. If we were in seventh grade and you would have told me this, this would have blown my mind. I say, what's up to Kyle? I'm like talking to a couple of people. Dude, the Jabberwockies come out. Oh, here and, we go. And MTV, dancing, so you, you can dance. And they start dancing while all of, while the 49ers are just like sadly eating tacos. It's one of these moments where I was like, this is so funny. And then I, I was so here's how much of a fan I am. I love McDaniel. I could only, ha- I was so sad. I could only be there for like maybe an hour before I was like, we got to go. My friend Chad stayed and got blackout drunk. Yeah. And I wake up to videos of little Wayne performing it. Yeah. Like Cause three, that's, you know, that's Kyle's guy. Kyle Cheyenne yeah.
2: loves little Wayne. his his son. His name is Carter. I nope. love
5: it, dude. I was like, dude, this is so crazy, but it just, the just losing team, sitting which there, is so nuts. Sitting there talking to a very sad Robert Stala, who was very sweet. Him and his wife were very sweet. Sana, wonderful people. He's sitting there talking about the wheel route that Tyreek Hill ran that got that third and 12 that basically Jet won the Crisp team. Wasp. Yeah. And he's like telling us about this. And I'm looking at him and then just behind him, was like Apple dudes Watch. in the white masks being like, oh, 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 I'm oh. I'm like, this 11- is so... Dude, the, Katie and I kept making fun of the DJ because he kept being like, all right, you guys the a party?" He had a great season. so And they don't want to hear that. They're like, dude, we just, we had it and we just lost it. And it was like one of those things where I was like, man, that experience. I was like, how could this was so crazy. And then COVID. <laughs> it, was I know, like three months later, it was like, oh, damn. It was uh, J
2: Lo and uh, Shakira. The halftime yep. show was great. Like, and it was Miami. It was, the week was great, and then COVID hits, and the whole world goes. To but I, shut, it down. But, yeah, I shut back, it down. but now we're back. But now we're back up, baby. Back up. Four um, years later. The, 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 the funny one is that I remember. I don't know if it was the, when they lost to so the Giants the second time or the Eagles, but there's video of Gronk just going nuts at a Patriots Super Bowl party after they lost like Gronk just kind oh, yeah. of rug like did not give a shit. like let's just party like let's go and it's like I, I mean, love that
5: there is a party for the losing team every year and you don't realize that every year the team you watch lose has to go take a bus I mean half of those guys have to be like dude just let me go back to my hotel and take a bath The whole family's
2: there and it's I go like,
5: soak in ebsen salt like I'm hurting we hired Flo Rida. He's got to perform. Yeah, dude, that dude, <laughs> that would be the worst gig if they were like, and oh. they're bummed, and you're like, and you got to go do your songs. You're like, yeah.
2: It do sucks. You... All right, we're going to get back to the Niners, but off of that, have I mean, obviously, you're a man of great credibility, but I listened to Mark Norman and Joe List on their podcast, and yeah, Norman Shout out always Tuesdays talks... with Stories. Tuesdays with Stories been a listener for many times. Um, I yeah. won't say what that that listenership is called because it's probably yeah. appropriate. Um, <laughs> uh, how many, I would say this though. Like Mark always talks about these like terrible corporate gigs, but he takes the money and does it. Have you done a terrible corporate gig where you're like, oh, I've just done to a it crowd where they do
5: not want to hear you. Dude. The best one was, I want to say it was like 2021, maybe 2022. I was still on the bonfire and I get hired for this gig. That's like in New York. I won't do corporates. I just hate them because they suck. Yeah. They're not fun. You're really at a work event. It is basically, if you're doing a corporate event, you're doing it for the money. Yep. Very rarely can the show actually be good. But they're like, listen, it's in New York. It's like 10 blocks away from serious. One Sirius. hour. you, nah, you got to do 40 minutes. And I was like, done. The yeah. money was great. I was like, awesome. This is unbelievable. And I remember before I'm leaving my house, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring a button-down shirt. I'm going to bring a button-down shirt. And let's just, just in case. With, with this nice. is like, dude, this was a... Gala. Black tie gala. Black tie gala for uh doctors who fight cancer. And I had to follow three of the world's best cancer doctors shredding on guitar. Shredding. The three of them were just like
1: <laughs> and then
5: they go like, and now here's Dan Soder, and I'm wearing a buttoned, I'm wearing an open button down with a Denver Nugget. Dude, I'm just wearing the old school, uh, the old school minor logo of the nuggets. I have that under this. And I went up there and bombed for 40 minutes. So bad. Oh,
2: did I, your usual set? Are you like curtailed? you like tried to
5: do I, it for the cancer doctor community? I broke at one point and I go, so what? You guys is going to have cancer doctors that can, <laughs> that can play the guitar than my dumb ass. And then dude, I just, I took that. I remember the flop sweat, even describing yeah, this to you. I, I remember I, I know what, it the back of my neck in the back of my head, how sweaty I was. And I just remember taking that check and being like, this is the last corporate event I ever do. And I haven't done one since.
2: No, totally. I, I get it. I, uh, it's funny. I like, they, they used to have us do like in-house at the draft, like hype guy, like, and they would ask us like, hey, you know, good morning football's in the morning. You guys are in town. Would you mind doing it? I did it one time and it's like, Dallas, can you hear me? They're like, shut up. Who do we take? I'm like, all right, yeah.
5: Bye. <laughs> You're like, oh man, this sucks. It sucks because it's it, trying to do comedy for people that don't want it is the yeah. silliest in the world because you're just like, so you guys ever go out of de-? like it, it seems not, it, they don't want it. And by the way, while you're doing it, you can feel how lame it is. You're like, yeah. So then I go in the kitchen and my wife says to me, What are you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like sitting there, like, what? Meanwhile, they're going to bring a kid out that like beat stage yeah. seventeen brain cancer, and You're I got to sit there and be like, like, "That's not enough. Like, you need yeah. this." Like, and I got to uh, be like, "Yeah, but I, you ever notice the subway? Uh, this happens. Yeah, like, <laughs> I suck. I suck. Oh yeah, it's brutal."
2: Um, I'm watching the Niners, you know, coverage this week, and it's a lot about this season, and it's great. But like, I don't think people realize. So they lose that game in heartbreaking fashion. The next year in week two, during the COVID year, which is such a blur now, where there is no fans, they come to MetLife, and Bosa tears up his knee, Garoppolo, it's a lost season. They Everybody, actually high ankle games. spring, yeah, it was, I talked it was uh, to uh, everyone t- got injured. I talked to, and you talked to McDaniel, I'm sure, but I talked to Salo a lot about that season, and he's like, that's one of my proudest seasons. We won eight games, and everyone was hurt. We had like 84 guys hurt, and like, we got through it, but they went 8-8, eight and eight. They, missed, they missed the playoffs.
5: The you following really...
2: season... Go on you really
5: with that season though cuz I always kind of think of uh, for in my mind Saul is gone that season but I no, forgot he was that there. He, he came back. yeah And we really was the mentality of 49ers fans was like okay we'll run it back. We have the yeah. same team. We're just going to run it back. I think the only people we were missing was um a couple receivers and a couple like uh DBs but I think yeah. for the most part we brought back the, the same crew. And I think and, like
2: Hart and Ward and all those guys are back, and they drafted Kinlaw. I want to say yeah. in the draft, and it was like we got this big beast in the middle. Like they were yeah. ready.
5: Yeah, I think we got a. Uh, it was it was one of those things where it was like, okay, we're going to be back, and then you go eight and eight, and, and it's kind of disappointing. So that
2: year's gone, and then the following year you're up ten in the NFC Championship game to the hated team that you've just beaten for years, and they come back and win the Rams, and that's yeah. McVay and Stafford and and that Odell. was
5: the, that was the all in year. That was LA going like they got von miller they like went Odell, out and did a bunch of stuff they were like and again Jalen the rams they, their whole their whole thing was we're all in yeah we're all in we're all in and we were like okay well we beat them bad twice because that season people forget that we were we were losing and then we beat the shit out of the rams yeah we were like people didn't think we were good again in that season and then there was a monday night football game it was monday night just, and- Go whack the Rams.
2: Crazy. But I think it was right after they got Odell also. Yes. They just acquired Odell and everyone was like, oh, they got
5: him instead of the Niners and the Niners kicked the crap out of him. And then, and then that, that's, that set off the, our run. And then we beat him again later in the season and we were like, oh, okay. We go to the playoffs. We beat the Cowboys. We beat the Packers in the Saturday night game. When Trent Williams
2: is running a play in motion, one of the coolest plays ever.
5: And, uh, yeah, that might've been, I don't know if that was Kyle or McDaniel, but that was one of those two crazy sons of. (laughs) (laughs) Loved it. And then you get up, and we're like, we up we, ten no. in the fourth. It was crazy. And then, and then lose, then lose. and then right. lose to the Rams. Which, by the way, I don't want to. I don't want to completely blame the Forty ers for this, but I think it was part of the cause. It was the first time I ever was constipated after that game. You couldn't constipated you couldn't for, afterwards, yeah, for two weeks. I could. Two I had to dig, I was in Rochester, and I was like. Why can't I And it was because my body was so intense from that NFC championship game (laughs) that I couldn't force a Duke out for two weeks. Oh my God. And then last year, Roland, Uh,
2: Hardy, the whole thing, the Eagles thing. And then like, you know. Well, it, it
5: starts with, I was, Katie and I were at week two when Trey Lance gets injured on that run. We're at the uh, Seahawks at Niners. We played
2: Seahawks. He had ran like eleven times in the first first quarter or something, and then he
5: and then he he goes down. And I was like, "That's bad. That looks real bad." And Katie was like, "Probably nothing bad." And then that was the season-ending injury. Jimmy comes in, gets hurt, and then
2: obviously Purdy goes on his run. But then you lose, and it's like. There's this tension all offseason between Eagles and Niners, and it was real. The Niners felt like John Lynch said it publicly, like that doesn't count, like that that yeah, dismissing it, like that wasn't the real, like you beat us, yeah. You know but
5: the, do you know what the most badass quote of that no one ever brings up? This quote, but it was the most badass in the world, and it really it really fired me up about Brock Purdy. Is I think it was months after the game. Someone asked him. They said on that on when when Reddick hit you, yeah, what were you seeing and he said i saw Ayuk wide open for a 70 yard touchdown that and he said line. that and i was like Don't. i was getting God. so far i was getting so fired up i was like Bratty? he just it was and by the way he didn't say it in like a talking way he yeah just no, said he like, doesn't have that I'll you, he's like i'll tell you what i saw i saw i saw brandon Ayuk wide open for a 70 yard touchdown and so like, good
2: um and then now it takes all that and then these two major comebacks and it's like i'm talking to you on thursday super bowl Sunday. Is it anxiety? Is it excitement? Because I feel like there's so much baggage. And of course, you guys haven't won since you were a teenager in 97. Since I was 11. It was yeah. 94.
5: Yeah. The 94, se- the 94 yeah. season, the and 75th it was the anniversary.
2: The 75th anniversary with the retro jerseys, which i yeah. Um,
5: have. I'll tell you what, man. I think after that NFC championship game, there is um, there is a creepy level of calmness because okay. I think like. um. The 49ers have responded in both of their playoff games in a way that I think makes 49ers fans comfortable on a deep level. I think, you know, the defense stepped up when they were giving up. We were just giving up all the the rushing yards in the NFC Championship game. And then to watch Kyle and Steve Wilkes and all these guys make these halftime adjustments and come out and you're like, oh, this is... Watching the Patriots, as we all did for 20 years, be a dynasty, the thing that you noticed was that Belichick was untouchable after his halftime adjustments. Was it? When he would come in, he would just figure out what the problem was, and there was a solution to it. And I think that's where I was the most nervous this entire season, was halftime of the NFC championship game, because I'm going, can Kyle make the adjustments? And yeah. they make the changes. And then you see him come out, we get that field goal. On the yep. first drive, and you're like, that's not enough. We're down a lot more than that. And then you just see Wilkes makes the adjustments. We start stopping their run. We start, you know, and then they start dropping some passes. That that was big. You get that off the face mask play. And I saw someone online say, Finally, Kyle gets his own version of the Edelman catch. That's like Kyle gets his version. Cause That's the cool. Edelman catch they called the ladybug
2: catch. Cause afterwards when Aaron Andrews interviewed Ayuk, he's yeah. like, I saw a ladybug this morning.
5: I love, dude. I love Ayuk. Ayuk's and, and, um, you know, uh, if for people that don't realize Kyle was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons when they lost the Patriots with that Edelman catch, he's kind of always had things like that go against him. So totally. to have something like that go with him was like this kind of like, Hey, let's go. Let's go guys. Let's I
2: gave go. I gave the stat this morning on Good Morning Football. If they come back from a seven point deficit in the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan will be the first coach in NFL history to come back from a seven point second half deficit in a divisional round game, a championship round game, and a Super Bowl. Could you imagine the narrative suddenly being Kyle Shanahan, clutch second half quarterback? Which uh, coach, what has been
5: what has been the knock on him the whole time? So He's I am not Yeah. I think honestly with this Super Bowl, just as a 49ers fan, I'm letting go. I'm just letting go, and I'm just going to enjoy it. I just when- truly, I love this team. I love the way they've been built. I love the way that Kyle went and got Steve Wilkes, who in in my opinion should have been the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Sure. So he he gets he gets passed over for that job. Great. Now you got a guy that's fired up. You got a guy that wants to prove something. He was up in the booth. Then we hit those three game losing skid before the bye week. And now he's down on the field. And now he even admits like, I love having those guys think, fired up. Yeah. I love seeing them. I love, we, we lose Hufanga, who is my guy. All I, pro. It, ran, he's our, he's our, he's our new Ronnie Lott. Yep. Um, you lose him and you have people step up. You have oh Gibson, you have all these guys step up and just play their ass off. Trevarius Traver- Ward is a
2: corner, but he was maybe the best corner in football
5: this year. Trevarius Ward. And now he's playing his old team. Yeah. You know, now he's playing the Chiefs. And and I'm just, I'm very excited for this game. I'm very excited for this game. I hope it's a great game, but I just, man, I don't want to do that thing where I'm like, I'm going to win it. And I'm going to no, be no, like, no, I don't You, know where, you, I, have, I, the, you like, have a
2: measured approach to this. And it's,
5: okay, i so couple so questions.
2: When, when do you arrive to Vegas?
5: Get in on Saturday. So... For those of you that don't know, uh, going to a Super Bowl, you have to know people that have hotel rooms because I don't make enough money to afford a hotel room in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. I don't make enough money to buy a Super Bowl ticket. So this is all friendship. This is all like, please hook it up, please. So about a month ago, Shane... Shane Gillis texted me, and he was like, "You all going to Super Bowl?" And yes. This is during the divisional round. Yeah, this is during the divisional round. Now, I don't drink. I, I quit drinking about eleven years ago. Um, I imbibed in other th- ways, sure. but I don't drink alcohol. Shane obviously drinks alcohol so it, much so that he's the new face of Bud Light.
2: Face of Bud Light. I'm last laughing.
5: <laughs> I love it's it. Incredible. I love good, it.
2: Good, good for him. I love that guy.
5: So Shane, Shane texts me, uh, "You all going to?" Go Super Bowl. And I said, because of
2: your Niners fandom or because just football?
5: Just football. He just wants yeah. to hang. He just wants, yeah. a, he just wants a bro to hang. Uh, you know, we don't see each other a lot anymore because he lives in Austin. And so I was like, yeah, dude. Uh, but he texts me and he's like, do you want to go to the Super Bowl? I said, listen, Shane, if it's the 49ers, a thousand percent. Of course. No brainer. If it's not the 49ers, I appreciate the offer. Yeah. But no, I, d- I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't drink alcohol, Las Vegas is useless. Talk it's a about useless, it. it's a useless town. If you do not drink alcohol, if you've been there before, if you've been there and drank and now you don't drink, it <laughs> especially sucks. So I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to go to Vegas and watch everyone get blacked out and watch what the lions and the ravens. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm kind of not down for that. Shane being Shane being like, after I say that he's like, it's pretty weird you turned out Super Bowl ticket. He just keeps, <laughs> he keeps saying that to me. Turned down, I didn't turn he, it down. You, you turned it down. That's what he keeps saying. He keeps going. Pretty crazy. Pretty weird you turned out Super Bowl ticket. So he gave his tickets away. I think to, I think he's bringing his dad and a couple buddies. He might bring. I think McCusker. Yeah, and
2: they just were on Rogan. By the way, excellent.
5: Yeah, they're the best. MSSP. Uh, soda, soda, to Everybody. Um, and so I said this to Shane. I go, listen, I did turn down Super Bowl tickets but will you let me crash on your hotel floor? If the 49ers go, yeah. all I need to do is, I just need a floor and a pillow. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm golden. Old school. Old school, dude. I'll put my arms inside my t-shirt totally. and I'll bathtub sleep like that. I've done the bathtub. I, actually, you know what, dude? I wish I would show you the text. I call bathtub. <laughs> I go, dude, if anyone else is coming, I'm sleeping bathtub. And Shane's such a big sports fan and he's such a, a sweetie pie on the inside. That when the 49ers won, he texted me and was like, dude. You're coming. You're coming, right? And oh, i was hell like, hell yes. I'm like, I'm coming. And can I crash at your hotel? He's like, it is pretty crazy. You turn <laughs> <He's kept laughs> that he just always <laughs> hit me with it. And uh, then finally he was like, Yeah, dude, if you want to crash, you can crash at my hotel. Great. And then Michael Che, who yep. a lot of people don't know, big 49ers fan. Is he really? Yeah. So he grew up in New York City. He's Weekend 40- update Michael Che, sure. He's a 49er fan in the best 49 in the most Michael Che way possible. He's a 49ers fan because his older brother was a Giants fan and just it pissed him. him off yeah. to cheer for the 49ers. He's just an antagonist. I love that. So he's a, he's a lifelong 49er fan. So we text about games all the time and we've talked about going to a playoff game, blah, 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 blah. but, you know, he said, Hey, I'm going to ask uh, SNL and NBC if they can get me some tickets. yeah. NBC Sports
2: is a huge partnership with the NFL.
5: And I was like, dude, I was like, if you can, please get me one. And he's like, dude, you got it. And then, and then I, so I bought a plane ticket. I bought, you know, I got Shane to say I could stay at his hotel room. And I'll tell you, if you go with Che
2: and it's with the NBC thing, like you're going to get to go to the tailgate. You're going to get to go to all the cool stuff that comes
5: with that. Because Che this week was like, we got him. I was like, oh, I'm very excited. I I have very good friends. I'm a very lucky man who has good friends that are going to. Two
2: quick ones before we wrap. Which jersey will you wear, or do you not wear jerseys?
5: I don't wear. I I have jerseys at home. Um, um. I kind of think
2: like an Armstead jersey would be pretty badass for this. I mean,
5: he's the best. I hope he wins Walter Payton Man of the Year. But I, um, as every as every as every true fan knows, I already know what I'm wearing game day. It's yeah. the exact outfit I wore during the NFC Championship game. Superstitious. houses were
2: the same as I think. Underwear, socks, everything.
5: And, uh, it has not been washed. Yeah. It has been folded. It's on the side. And to it's, the side. Yeah, it's And there. it will be put into a backpack and taken to Las Vegas. And I will wear exactly what I wore when the 49ers came back on the Lions. Hell yeah. That's a, I will be, if you, if, if, they, if they cut to Michael Che during the Super Bowl and you see my big dumb head next to him and you go, oh, what's soda wearing? It's the same thing I wore during the NFC Championship game, oh, just I love so that. you know, and during the Packers game, and it, it just doesn't change. It just doesn't um,
2: change. My last thing: I was in CVS. I live in Brooklyn. I was in CVS on Henry Street, and I'm there, and I'm buying like laundry detergent or something, and I hear this very familiar voice behind me, being very kind to the attendant, talking about how to do the the self service, you know, oh, checkout yeah. thing. And I'm like, I know that voice. I know him from TV. I'm like, who is that? I
5: look around. And Paul Giamatti the man he's the man he do the best he's the man he, I, I there's no one there there's like um that billions cast every single one of them just absolutely ruled but paul was a guy i only had i think in 7 seasons Couple i had scenes, one, right? one scene with him uh no i had to i had like two scenes where he walks by me and like looks or whatever but dude i'm gonna tell you right now at table reads I would always find a time to go talk to Paul and try to make him laugh because he's got an unbelievable sense of humor. He is so down to earth. He is just the man. And then they yell action and you're like, oh, you're one of the greatest of all time. It's not even, I don't know how to act. I'm a comic that's just bullshitting. Totally, but you're great on that show. But I was just learning how to act when I was on Billions. When you watch Damian Lewis, when you watch Paul Giamatti, when you watch Maggie Sift or David Costable act, you're like, oh, Uh That's okay. a thespian. That's how okay. it's done. I feel like one of those. I feel like one of those. Um, I feel like one of those college basketball players that started playing tight end my senior yes. year. Yes. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, <laughs> yes. oh, I don't have football. I don't have Moat football Alley balls Cox. like that. Ali yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna dude. play on
2: the football. i, mean, team. I never I'm played, like, but I'll figure
5: it out. Yeah, dude. I was like Jimmy Graham. I was like, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I can jump for it. Figure if you it want out. to jump for the football, I can. And that was that's how I felt. I just felt like a like a basketball player that was trying to learn football knowledge from these guys that are lifers. But they're yeah. He's Paul Giamatti's the man.
2: So good. All right. We're wrap. um I uh, so appreciate you coming on. You've got a busy day real quick for the listeners, your podcast and where your tour dates are in the upcoming months, because I'll say it again. I said it after I saw you, Burke Kreischer had his big tour and there were, you guys were in Queens at Forest Hills and you, and with the sun out still, you and Shane Gillis absolutely stole the show. And I'm like, I will follow Shane and Soder to any stand up act that they do because oh, you
5: guys both crushed it so hard that night yeah that was fun man going back to back like that he's the man i'm so happy for him i'm so excited for snl on the 24th. i'm gonna go can tell you yeah, this dude. yeah we I'm were going. texting about it go about so, it dude. It's- so because i'm like
2: mr like nfl network and i've been on this chief's ride i've become very friendly with like paul rudd and eric stone street and those guys and i've gotten introduced to heidi gardner who's unbelievable and she's a huge kc fan and she has the open invite. She's like, anytime you want to come to SNL, I'm sure it's one time only. I hit her up. Yeah. She's like, I got you. So I think I'm gonna go. And you'll do love it. What I'm taking. I think I'm taking Cliff Kingsbury because he's a huge Shane Gillis fan too. I think we're I mean, gonna
5: go that, to SNL. Here's what people don't know. Shane Gillis is I mean, number one, he's the best comedian in the world right now. Him and Nate Bargatze are the two best comedians. They're also my two best friends. Two
2: best friends, yeah. Yeah.
5: That's pretty sick. Um, that's my dog on a chew toy, FYI. That's why the, the crinkling sound is. Uh Shane's friends with so many NFL players. Oh, he says Gabe Davis is one of his best friends. <laughs> uh, CMC. He texts with CMC all the time. They're like, he's like, yeah, CMC's fired up for this game. He'll text me and I'll be like, yeah, what? oh yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, Gabe hit the celly. Gabe hit the celly that he wanted. That's <laughs> so <laughs> funny.
2: Like, <laughs> you know, if you don't know, it's like Shane Gillis was like, I'm going to give you a crazy meme that I saw on the internet. And if you score a touchdown, you've got to reenact it. And Gabe Davis did it in a game.
5: This Gabe's the man. Yeah, that's so good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm Can you very get excited. there or are
2: you can be on tour that weekend?
5: I'm in Cleveland, so I'm going to okay. miss it. But I'm going to absolutely watch it. I'm going to absolutely, I mean, I love Shane and I'm going to be seeing him obviously this weekend in Vegas. I'm going to go down to Austin. Uh, I'm doing Rogan's Club in March, but everyone was like, well, you got to see SNL. I was like, yeah, but I also have to pay my rent. Yeah, so I have I five shows in Cleveland. That's good. So, That'll do that. But I'm definitely um, very excited. And I think he's going to do incredible. I think it's going to be
2: podcast is Soder, yeah. your latest episode. Great with Chad Daniels, who is one of my favorites. It's Most underrated
5: comedian out there. Uh, new episode with Carmen Lynch about her parents meeting. It's just basically, man, I learned when I left the bonfire I need a place to go to plug my dates, but also I just want a place to hang out. So we've got to have you on there. I'd love to hear about uh, NFL stories. I got like real stuff that I, you know. I don't want to get you fired, but I do want to know some. I got good. Shit. Yeah, I can do
2: it. There, I'll do it. I'll do it on cut I did bar stool last week, and I was kind of tight-lipped a little bit, and then I maybe regret that. I should have probably just opened the bag because that was a let big it, audience.
5: Let it loose, dude. Let it loose. But, dude, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, man. obviously, Bang Bang Niner Gang. Let's bang Bang diners. Niner Gang. Let's go, diners Get that revenge, baby. Ooh. Good luck, dude. Thanks, dude.
1: Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you tired
4: of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva, With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut... Also available in Grapefruit and Lavender Scents at a nearby retail store.
2: That's a true fan. That's Dan Soder. I'm telling you, I wasn't just blowing his his tires up. I think his stand-up. Have you watched his stand-up, Aaron?
3: I haven't. Um, I've heard about him a lot, but uh, yeah, no, I haven't. I feel like Working with you on the show, I am finding so many more stand-up comedians I need this to guy, watch too.
2: He's amazing. His podcast is amazing. And if you just could tell, he's just got a great voice and he's hilarious. Um, but he also is a Die Hard Niners fan. I know him uh because I I became really friendly with Mike McDaniel. And the first thing McDaniel said to me when we became friends, probably like six, seven years ago, like, my best friend lives in New York. And I'm like, who? He's like Dan Soder. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Great. And he's like, He's a stand-up comedian. I'm like your best friend's a stand-up comedian. That was like seven years ago. Now McDaniel's the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. They are legitimately best friends, and Soder is one of the top stand-up comics. It's a pretty cool story. Um, I feel for him. I feel for the Niners fans. It's been a been a wild ride. They're back at the precipice, and you could tell. He says he's feeling very zen, but like he come up short again. That's like a tough pill to swallow, dude.
3: And he had he had some quiet intensity. When yep. he was like doing the Bang Bang minor Gang, but yeah, he 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 let it slip a few times. He's excited. Um Gosh, I mean, the I had no idea that the losing team gets a party still. Oh yeah, and, like that's got to be that's got to be it's guard. weird. Oh geez, it's
2: weird. Yeah. They book and they have to spend the money. So like, I remember when the Rams were booking theirs. I remember talking with uh Kevin Demoff, who's we've had on the podcast, the president. and He was like going through the list of artists, and he's like here's how much it costs to have hootie the blowfish here's how much it costs to have little wayne like there is a number and a rate and it's like you know and they've got to book it regardless win or lose that group is playing that event i think they had i'm, I'm gonna sound yg is that a is that a rapper yeah. they had yg perform at theirs which is which is very cool and he's a big la guy so i know mcveigh's a fan of his too um all right so this is a super bowl podcast we're gonna wrap it here everyone enjoy it soda's amazing We're going to have another one that's going to go up Friday night into the weekend for all of the weekend commuters. That's going to not only have a great interview, but it's going to have my official pick for Super Bowl 58. All right, guys, for everybody at home, Peter from Brooklyn, Aaron from Vegas, and everyone else listening, we so appreciate you. Uh, Enjoy the weekend.